a lot of my um, opportunities have just come through, you know, meeting the right people and, and, and just having the will to learn and to uh, be, be willing to be a sponge and soak up all the knowledge that I can, but also being willing to, you know, reach back and share that information too. So in the wrestling business, there's a terminology we use called breaking the fourth wall. And what that means is you are essentially letting people know what happens behind the scenes. So I'm going to break the fourth wall right now. Initially, I was trying to figure out when I put together the idea to do this podcast, I was like, okay, how am I going to interview my guests? So I was sitting in the group chat. I said, who has Skype? And my next guest responded, give me a second. Let me download that. And my next guest, ladies and gentlemen, is none other than Brandon Williams of Bowie State University. Brandon was so gracious to allow me to use him as a test and that everything just turned out well that we decided to keep it and i said you know what you were going to be a guest on the show anyway so i don't have to re-record you we're just going to use this so coming up brandon who is like i said a student from Bowie state university but also he is the student representative of the National Association of Black Journalists Sports Task Force. So he'll talk about that. We'll talk about how we met and we'll talk about what he's doing now as well as what he would like to be doing as soon as he graduates from Bowie State. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Williams. Man, so, you know, I know it just like grabs you up like, hey, man, I need you to be on this show. Um, one of the many reasons I wanted you on here is because you have a great story, man. A lot of people, you know, we hear about the professionals who are doing their thing and we hear about their journey. A lot of times it's rare that we actually get to talk to people while they're in the beginning of transitioning from student to professional. And I kind of caught you right at the perfect time. You, um, is this your last year at Bowie? Yes. And it seemed like just yesterday you just started, man. Uh, you under your resume, you have you covered two championship teams. Uh, mm-hmm. You've been able to cover Maryland. Before you went to Bowie, you was with we was working together at Fox Sports, thirteen forty Hopewell, Virginia. But now it's also ninety six point nine FM. But yeah, right down in Hopewell. Shout out to Glenn Thomas, sports director mm-hmm. down there, where. You covered, um, or just on social media, uh, you, you, you've covered college football, NFL, NBA, uh, college basketball, March Madness, NBA Finals, the, then going on the ground, covering the Redskins. Uh, oh, you also covered the Nationals. And, and then if times we need it, you even threw some golf content on the tent. <laughs> so you, you've done it all, and you started off as writing. What made you get, what made you, led you to this passion for media? Um, I'll probably have to say what, what, what led me to it was um, kind of taking um, the love I have for sports and my addiction, you could call it, for watching television growing up and just kind of combining the two and saying, you know, I want to take both of these things and combine them together and make a career out of it. So started researching 
and looking up some stuff as to what it would take to become a sports analyst, to become a sports anchor, reporter, things of that nature. And one of the things that that I had to have, of course, was a bachelor's degree, but also had to have uh, numerous skills such as writing, reporting, you know, having uh, production skills that could uh, carry over into the workforce. You know, um, a lot of experience that I, that I need to get to get to this point. I, I, I definitely need social media because nowadays in this business, if you don't have social media, then you're doing something wrong. And I, I think that a lot of my, a lot of my um, opportunities have just come through, you know, meeting the right people, and 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 just having the will to learn and to uh, be be willing to be a sponge and soak up all the knowledge that I can, but also being willing to you know reach back and share that information too. I uh, I definitely don't take anything for granted, you know, whether it's good, bad indifferent that I've learned over the course of these last few years covering all the stuff that I've covered and you know making connections and just uh being a student of the game is definitely kind of molding shaped me into the uh reporter that I am today you know I can't I can't really say uh too much about how much how um all these experiences have helped me and what it what it definitely means to have all these um experiences on my resume and i will say that you know there were certain times where i kind of questioned myself but i just had to remind myself you know why i started so you know brandon you talked about meeting the right people and i go back to the time when we first met you know Mm -hmm. um so for those who do i mean i've said this on the initial episode of the show um that I had a career at ESPN for two years. So many of you know that by now if you listen to that episode. And one thing you will know that um, during my time, I was in social media. So it was the last Tuesday. And, and I'm a man of faith. I'm not ashamed of that. It's my show. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. I believe God put Brandon and I together. The last Tuesday, any other time, I would have been working in the evening working the 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. shift. However, on this particular day, Brock Lesnar was in town for... um, Brock Lesnar was in town for... I think it was SummerSlam. SummerSlam, yep, you're right. It was him and Undertaker, the rematch from WrestleMania 30 where Brock ended the streak. And I asked my manager on that Monday, I said, hey, you know, we got Brock coming in. Can I come in early? We got three people. It's three of us that's going to be working an evening shift. Can I come in early and help? Or could I just come in when Brock's here and I'll go back home and come back to work? Well, shout out to Steve Brayman. He was a diehard wrestling fan just as much as I am. Matter of fact, he gave me Daniel Bryan's yes book. He said, sure, you can come in and help. So after we got finished with the Brock stuff, I forget why I think I don't know if it was doing the car wash or whatever, but I forget whatever reason I was over there near the studio and uh, shout out to our friend Nikki uh, Peterson. Oh, excuse me. She got married and I can't her um, last name, uh, you know, escapes me right now, but shout out to our friend Nicole. Yeah. Um, He was working with Nicole that day and Marcus shout out to Marcus Matthews. 
And while you was working, you know, because you, I remember seeing you. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, somebody here to visit. And I just, you know, and then when I saw you with uh, Nikki, we talked for a little bit. And you found out that I was from Baltimore. And you told me you was from Maryland. I was like, oh, okay, cool. He was like, well, can we exchange information? And, and, and that's what I admired about you because it showed me that you knew immediately connections was important in this business. You knew immediately that, hey, okay, this guy's in Baltimore, that, that proximity. And we kept in contact. We've been brothers ever since. When I started working with the Fox Sports gig, you was the first recruit before we even took it to a level where we had your Ashleys, your Kelsey's, your Renee's, mm-hmm. your um, you know, shout out to the Fat Five, but um, you know, also, you know, uh, the Flex Zone, the yeah, right, yeah. you know, Hugh, uh, Dwayne. Before we even had them, you were the first recruit because you said, "Well, you know, I'm just trying to get my feet wet." I'm told Glenn, boom, you started writing for us. It was great. Then, as we started expanding, I mean, anything <laughs> I needed done, you was there. But I always admired the fact that. You were never afraid to ask questions. Now, you talked about, you know, evolving. What was your glass-breaking moment? Because I watched you just flourish. And I have to say, I'm going to say it publicly, I'm proud. I watched you become the student, um, I guess, the student ambassador for NABJ um sports task force which is a big deal i mean nabj over five thousand members i believe some of your biggest names of color that's um you know black media professionals um and um you know one we're talking jamel hill we're talking roland martin we're talking rob parker these are all former nabj um journalists of the year or sports journalists of the year what was your glass-breaking moment for you in your career, Brandon? Oh, man. And I know you got more coming, but I have to say, at yeah, this yeah. point, because I've watched you as a student, and I've been watching you take control and lead Bowie State to new levels and new heights, but what was the glass-breaking moment? I think the moment where I broke the glass was when we, I, I, when I had went to, I probably, I probably wouldn't even say it was when I toured ESPN, man. It, it was probably when I went to my first uh, convention in Detroit, and that, and that was my first time being in a room just surrounded by a whole bunch of black media professionals that were doing the same things that I aspired to do, and just having the opportunity to have them at my disposal for a whole entire week where I I could actually talk to these people and then not be awkward was just, you know, mind-boggling to me. And I think think that it was over the course of that week where I I realized, like, hey, this is is actually attainable. This is something that I could actually do. And it just gave me a whole bunch of confirmation that, you know, I'm, I'm not in this alone, one, because there's a boo-coo of us. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Ashley, Renee, Kelsey, you, Dwayne, Hugh, uh, Andre, Dwayne. Uh, uh, the, the list goes on and on. And I think when I finally met some of the other student members that I had been in a group chat with and just uh, hanging out with them and 
asking them questions and learning from them, it, it, it kind of it motivated me to come back to Bowie State and say, hey, they got student chapters all over at these other schools. We need to have one. And we, believe it or not, we, they, there was an effort to try to put one together in previous years, but it just never you know, came through. But I said, you know, okay, I'm going to be different. I'm going to make, make sure that this actually, you know, just doesn't grow legs and just stay stagnant. I'm going to make sure that it grows legs and it actually moves. So I'm proud to say that we got um, established in the spring of 2019. So I'm one of the, I think we have like five founding members, one of the five founding members of BSU ABJ. And... Like 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 you said, there's still a lot more moments to come. But the other moment that I must say that I'm during that same convention is when I got my internship offer with NBC Sports. Yeah, that's because, amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was. I did. I didn't even realize it, and I've I've only told a few people this story. Now, I might have told you this too, but I was at a lunch with some other students and some reps from ESPN, right? And I got an email from a recruiter from the ES, from the NBC booth. Now, mind you, prior to this, ESPN was the end, the it, the it, the end all be all for me. I ain't one where I ain't one nowhere else. I was just ESPN, 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 ESPN. I kept on banging on that mantle like I like it was mine already. Uh huh. But I got the email while I was sitting at the table, right? And I was like, oh, man, I really don't want to leave because they were asking me to come back up to the career fair. So I was like, okay, I got a decision to make. I could leave and come back because they only said it would be like a five-minute conversation. So I could either leave, come back, or just leave and just stay up there and see what they got to say. So I uh, get one of the people, the person that invited me to the lunch, I uh, ran into her as I was leaving out the restaurant, and she said, hey, make sure you um, just stay in touch. Thank you for coming, blah, 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 blah. So I thank her, and I go keep it moving to the, um, to the career fair. So I get to the booth, and the recruiter, he says, hey, we want to offer you a spot in our internship program for the summer of 2019 and a spot in our fellowship program as well. Man, I did. I, that was when... I knew that this was for me. And that was like one of my moments where I was like, okay, you know, God is real. God is real right now because my resume at that moment in time, compared to the hundreds of other students that were there, they thought it was good enough to where I should have gotten an opportunity to intern there. I'm going to have to, I'm going to stop you right there real quick, right? A lot of times we look at, Recruiters look at resume and they look at the on paper. That's the basic recruit. Now, I I don't think I'll get in trouble for revealing this, but um, I I'll say this. <laughs> I gotta pick my words. I've learned <laughs> from some of the best recruiters in the business that you read the details of the resume. And you see the skills. I can tell you, I've seen your resume. And obviously, I know your work, you know. Mm-hmm. Somebody who looks at that, they know 
that your resume was just as good as everybody else's because of the simple fact that you can do all the skills, edit, shoot, produce, and talk. So that's what I got to say, you know, which makes me proud. And like I said, I'm, I'm going to let you finish the story. And I understand what you're saying as far as your resume, you know, compared to somebody else's. But when you look at the skill set and look at what Brandon Williams can do, that's why you won. True, true, true. I could, I could, I could, I could definitely give with that, and I appreciate that. But you know, at that time, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was still in, and 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 I still keep this mindset every day. I was in the mindset of, you know, I'm 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 always in competition with the next because as as cool as I am with some of these other students, I know good and well that some of them are just as skilled, if not better, than me. So I always made sure that I stayed on my P's and Q's and made sure that whatever moment appeared or whatever moment presented itself to where I could shine, that I made sure that I did everything in my power to make sure that I did just that. And a lot of times it's not easy going into a situation with that mentality because we're, we're in a business where, yes, you're in competition with other people, but at the same time, you have to be okay with sharing the knowledge. And, 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 and that's something that I've definitely had to come to grips with, you know, over the years, because I'm, the t- I'm the type of person where one, I'm very competitive mm-hmm. because that's, a, that's just naturally how I am. And I play sports growing up too. So that's just the competitor in me. I wanted to be the best at whatever I touched. So just having that sheer will to be at my best at any given moment, kind of helped me when it came to presenting myself and engaging with recruiters and others in conversation and just showing that, hey, I can not only just talk this talk, I can can actually walk it too. Because a lot of times nowadays, and some people might give me flack for this, mainly students, is that I don't see as much hunger amongst a lot of students that I'm around every day. Maybe a handful of students, I will say, have that hunger. But some of these other ones, I know that I could run laps around them. But I don't say that directly to their face because, one, I always remain humble. But at the same time, I don't lose my competitive edge. So that kind of goes, that kind of explains why I go so hard the way I go. As somebody, um, you know, and this is another one where I have to, uh, I want to watch my words because I don't want to put anything or anyone down. But we went to similar schools. You know, I went to Morgan State. You went to Bowie State, right? Yeah. A lot of times there's an attitude, and I don't think it's just the HBCUs, but I think a lot of times people, it's, it's anywhere that people expect a handout. And, and I think because we dealt with the same thing, I can say I one of the things about the wrestling realm that shined bright at Morgan State, the show was actually created while Dwayne and I were students. Shout out to the real Dwayne now. The show was created while we were students in the studio class, TV studio class. That's where we developed the show. By the time we hit our final year, it was 
we was working on a documentary on how we kind of got started. So we just, you know, but the thing was that the teachers always said was like, wow, you guys are hungry because you literally took something that you're passionate about and created your own opportunity. And you look at, you know, I look at you, you always, you love, you, you enjoy writing, but you took it a step further. You know, you, you took it to help develop your skills. And that's the one thing I would tell people. Like, yeah, you want to be on camera, but you got to learn how to write. You mm-hmm. listen. <laughs> a lot of people didn't listen. Um, and, and, and a lot of times you are going to find people that's not as hungry. And I think it's phenomenal that you are one of the founding members of the uh, Black Journalists Association for your school. Because that's going to speak volumes. And what you're doing is you're creating a legacy and I know you don't do it for that. I know you don't do it for the glory. You just enjoy giving to the next person, you know? Yeah, I do. And it's, I do enjoy um, giving it back, giving the torch back and seeing other students, you know, carry the mantle. But I, it, it, it definitely makes it all worthwhile when I see somebody that, you know, I helped just a little bit. And mm-hmm. They just skyrocket and just exploding out of nowhere and, be, and, and becoming this superstar sensation where it's like, okay, now everybody's trying to get at this person because of the little bit that I was able to do for them. Now, not to say that they didn't have any skills before, you know, me and them might have met, but you know, every, every time you come into contact with somebody that has just a little bit more experience, than you or has just a little bit more knowledge than you, you walk away from that conversation feeling a little bit more polished, a little bit more empowered, a little bit more aware of the responsibility that you have as a broadcaster or as a journalist. And it is of the most vital importance that you get your reps, that you practice every day, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, or maybe an hour if you can spare that type of time with the type of schedule that I got, but always, you know, make time to practice the craft because this business, this business is always changing. And if, if you're not, if you're not staying up to date with the new techniques and the different ways to go about doing the, the business of journalism and broadcasting, you're, you're, you're going to get left behind. And by the time you have caught up, there's a new wave coming after another and another and another. So it's always good to, you know, stay on your P's and Q's and to just keep in contact with people that are already pros in the business, you know, because it, it, it's one thing to have connections with other students from different schools who have great experiences just like you do. But when you have a connection with somebody that's already in the pros, that's a mm-hmm. definite added advantage that you have, especially if you can just, if you have a type of relationship with them where you can just pick up the phone and call them at any time and they'll pick up for you. That's huge. Absolutely. Um, you, you, you know, one of the things, you know, I, I don't talk, try to talk about myself too much, but uh, I can say to when I was in school, I went to school for video production, go to ESPN, was a production assistant, after being a production assistant, you know, well, I should say while being a production assistant, you rotate. So my last uh, rotation was social media. 
which led me to my position now, Johns Hopkins doing social media content for the media relations channel, but it's essentially a public relations job, um, which I would have never thought PR. You know, my manager said, you ever thought about doing sports PR? I said, I never even thought about doing PR, period. It just happened to fall in because of the way the business changed. And because the business of social media changed, that's what allowed me to be in a position that I'm in, you know? And that's the same thing, like, with you, you're so marketable, essentially. You know, I mean, you know, I remember hearing you say, hey, man, I'm trying to do this in Photoshop. I'm trying to do this in After Effects or uh, Premiere, <laughs> you know? Uh, what's been... What's been your greatest moment as far as, you know, a student at Bowie? What's been your greatest moment? What was your favorite story that you worked on? Ooh. Oh, man. I think it's, it's, it's so many, it's hard to just kind of nail them into one. Obviously, the number one on my list would have to be covering a generational talent in a mirror hall. Okay. You don't you you don't find guys like that in the county that you grew up in too, like that every day. Like that's a once in a generation type of player. And I'ma say this and because because it still bothers me, I don't know why this guy went undrafted in the in this previous NFL draft. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I don't know why he was I don't know why he was not at somebody's training camp, practice. I don't know why he didn't get a tryout, whatever. Somebody needs to give this man an opportunity because he can play. Now, having said that, <laughs> my the, the best moment, I think, was covering that championship game when they made it to the championship against Fayetteville last year. And the records that he broke, that he set himself, actually. He set some records the previous year. And for him to break those records that he set himself just showed you know, one layer of the onion that was him. And then when the championship game came around, we saw a totally different element to his game. We, 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 we didn't just see Amir, the passer. We saw Amir, the runner, the game uh, general. And there was a moment early in the regular season where they were going up against Winston-Salem. And this, is, and this was the play where I call the a miracle play. They were, they, they, it had been a tight game all through all four quarters. And Bowie's defense had gotten three key stops in the fourth. And this was like the third stop they had got. So Bowie's offense back on the field. Amir throws two passes. One for like a gain of five yards. And then the next one is a throw for a first down. Then he scrambles for about 35 yards. Gets a first down. Now we're in Winston-Salem territory. Very next play, they call timeout. And they come back on the field and he throws a game-winning touchdown. Mm. That that was a moment where I was like, you know what, this guy has it. This guy has it. Now another moment I would say was, I think it was probably covering um, covering our bowling team, who is coming off yet another championship winning season and are probably embarking on another season where they're probably going to make another run for a championship. Now, their obstacle that they faced was when their, their longtime head coach had passed away. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, 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 
and that hit them pretty hard. It did. But those girls, they rallied around each other. They pulled it together for him. And that was their fourth straight championship victory. And having the chance to interview them and talk to them about what coach meant to them and just what it took for them to get back to that place, even after, you know, dealing with his passing and stuff like that. It just goes to show you that some of these student athletes are some incredible people. Yeah, we yeah, we always want to praise people for what they can do, but sometimes we never praise people for, for who they are. And that's the thing that I can say about these people that I've covered at Bowie is that I just don't praise them for their abilities. I actually praise them because of who they are as people. Yeah. Man, that's amazing, man. You know, and, and, and like I said, a lot of people, I mean, some people don't get that opportunity to have like those groundbreaking moments in college, let alone HBCU, like Bowie State, and to see the opportunities you've been given. Um, how would you say, like, have do you guys get a lot of good equipment there? Or are you using your own stuff? Like, how's that been going on? Um, like, like many HBCUs, um, we're not perfect, <laughs> not by a long shot. Uh, we do have our, um, have our challenges with um, equipment not always being um, there because some pieces of equipment go missing, some end up being broken, or you know, you mm-hmm. know how it goes. Some, <laughs> sometimes equipment just goes missing and we don't know why. But I always made sure that you know, if I rented out a camera or something, I always made sure that I did my best to, you know, take care of it and to use it properly. I always, you know, ask people questions as to like, hey, am I holding this right? Or am I doing something right? Or if I'm doing this wrong, can you help me out and fix it? And I think the reason why they were so, it was so easy for them to just, you know, trust me with it was because I actually took the time to work with the people at the campus television station and help them with, um, video shoots and interviews and shows that are being recorded during class time. You know, I, I, I went the extra mile to not only make sure that, you know, our campus-run TV station is shining, but it also kind of helped polish me a little bit to make sure that, you know, I added an extra layer to my game. So now, not only am I able to talk in front of the camera, I can also work behind the scenes, too, and show you what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right. And, you know, just, you know, giving giving more effort and showing that you want it really goes a long way. It, it, it really does. And I think now, since then, I've been able to cover uh, two CIAA basketball tournaments. Mm-hmm. I covered two... CIAA football championships and I've been a a shooter and reporter for each one. Okay. For each one. Now, how would you say uh, social media has helped your career, especially um, with your connections at NABJ? Because I'm going to go ahead and say it. When we were in Miami, (laughs) I saw that you was a star. Uh, the moment you arrived that Wednesday, you know, you came down, just got to the hotel, 
You know, you're still right. in your, uh, your hooping shorts and your, your, your plain clothes with your bag. <laughs> and right. you know, I'm sitting up there in my suit. You know, it's my birthday. So I had to make sure I was straight. And uh, here you come. And all of a sudden, you know, Brandon, Brandon, you know, everybody from all over the place. How would you say social media has helped you as far as with your uh, relationships with your peers and mentors? Um, I, I definitely will say that it's, it, it, it's definitely given me an opportunity to put, you know, a name with the face and just being able to, you know, meet everybody and just not only expand my following on social media, but to also expand my network has been a humongous help. And I, I, I honestly don't know what it was, man. I think when you just put hashtag NABJ in your, in your bio, and you see somebody else with the same thing, it's like, oh, hey, family, let me follow you back. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I honestly, some sometimes I wonder why other, you know, student journalists, you know, put me on the, on such this high pedestal because I'm like, yo, I'm still a student just like y'all. The only, I've just been blessed with certain opportunities but yet you you're you're putting me up on this pedestal like I've reached the pinnacle when I feel like I'm just barely scratching the surface about of, of what I could become. And you know, I people may say that I'm being too modest or stuff like that, but I genuinely feel that way because mm-hmm. there are numerous students that are very talented and have great experiences, like prime, prime example, Tony Benton Jr. Shout out to Tony, man. Tony, he's very talented. Uh, my, my boy Cecil, he's very talented. My boy, um, my boy, who, who, uh, my boy Mello, my boy, uh, Avery, uh, my boy, uh, uh, Jared, Jamal. Um, I know I'm probably missing some other names too. First of all, boy, I just want to uh, say shout out to all this black excellence that's going on and, right. and brotherhood that we have right here at NABJ. Um, you hear about a lot of times that you see, you know, I'm from the city of Baltimore, so unfortunately I see a lot of people killing and shooting, but you just named out a bunch of great positive brothers. So I had to definitely shout them out. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's... And shout out to the sisters, too. Definitely. Oh, yeah, there are plenty of sisters out here. This is too many to name, but just to name a few, uh, my girl Kayla, uh, Jasmine, Jasmine Styles, uh, Janae Adams, you got uh, Jay Jackson, you got um, Christina Ford, you got uh, Josephine, my my, my girl Josephine out of D.C., you got Renee, who's holding it down with her own podcast at Fox. It's it's, it's just so many women in sports, man, and uh, it's great to see the strides that they're making. Because a lot of times, you know, in previous years, women weren't looked at as powerhouses in sports because it because of it being a male-dominated profession. But mm-hmm. when, when when once I started seeing this wave of women just putting their mark on the business, I I, I just had to bow down and say, "Hey, y'all got it. Yeah, y'all absolutely. got it. I salute y'all. Absolutely, man." So, you know, I ain't going to keep you too much longer. But I have to say, I have to ask you this. First, um, 
foremost, I'm going to ask you the question that you will be asked probably for the next 20 years. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> in five a perfect years. world, where do you see yourself in five years? In, in my own perfect world, I see myself as the man at either at a network or the main sports guy at a news station or main sports guy in a market that everybody just loves to tune into to hear uh, the passion and to hear, you know, the stories that I like to tell and, you know, just, just really showing them that, you know, I can not only do this job, but I love it. And I think people could really see that I love, that I genuinely love this business by the way I go so hard for it, by the way I talk about it so heavily on my social medias and, by just, you know, doing the little things right because the little things, believe it or not, will prepare will propel you to those goals that you may have for the next five years. Um, I definitely would, would like to be in a top ten market. I will say that top ten market will not hurt at all. And mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot of expectations that comes along with that, but I believe I can take it. I'm a big boy. I can, I can, I can do this. You know, I've been preparing for this since uh, the when did I start college. Since the fall of 2014, it's now the fall of 2019. I think I, I, I think I've put in some work and I've grinded enough to the point where I can say, you know, I'm ready to hang with the big boys. All right. So now I gotta ask you this because the world is listening. What's five fun facts about Brandon Williams? Five fun facts about me. Uh, hmm. I think maybe the first one, and a lot of people don't even know this, is that I wrestled in high school for one season. Yes, I did. Uh, when I was born, my eyes weren't the color that they are now. They were blue, and then they changed from, like, from blue to been gray or green and now they're hazel. Uh that's two. Three is I have this um strange like love for animals that people don't necessarily want to go near. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I like snakes, I like lizards, I like um some reptiles and stuff like that. Even the ones that, you know, people try to stay from, I kind of like, I like them. So you're going to have those as pets? Uh, (laughs) I may may get a lizard. Okay. (laughs) I may get a lizard as a pet, but I also want a dog, too. I also want want someone a Rottweiler as a pet, as a dog. Uh, Yeah, that's that's three. Uh, Fourth fact about me... Um, I don't even know if this is like a fun fact, but it's an interesting story. One of my colleagues who had this preconceived notion of what my voice would sound like when he actually like met me in person or seen me for the first time in person, he was like, yo, when I first heard you talk, I was not expecting your voice to be as deep as it was. (laughs) (laughs) So at first I was like, well, Hey, with me, what you hear is what you get. So I think that would probably be number four is that my voice is unique as opposed to how I look. Okay. And uh, 
just a little fun fact about me. I really don't know. I, really don't know. I haven't really done a whole lot. I haven't done a whole lot yet. Okay. Yet, I will say. But if I had to say something, I, I would probably say that I, I got to meet Stephen A. Smith in August of 2015. And I believe the date was August 18th. Mm-hmm. I think it was August 18th. Yeah, because exactly, I was saying the same day I met you, but it was August 18th, 2015. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, so you met him that day when you came. Oh, yeah, because you were with Marcus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I was following him everywhere, making his daily rounds and stuff like that. So <laughs> he, uh, like, during the time when he was there at the full time, he had a whole lot that he would do throughout the day from doing first take, and then he would go, um, watch his and hers with uh, Nikki. Then he would go from there to help Carrie Champion with her podcast. Then after he left Carrie for her podcast, then he would go help Stephen A with his radio show and take some of the clips from the show that were some like the best segments of the day and put them out on SoundCloud or put them out on his uh, um, Facebook page and his Twitter page and stuff like that. So yeah, I kind of just basically saw you know what a day in the life of a social media producer was like at ESPN. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Brandon, I'm definitely glad that uh, you get lend me your time. So, spoiler alert, folks, this was actually just a test at first, but, uh, you know, it sounds so good, I felt like, you know, we got to share this with the public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, to the people, let them yeah. know. Yeah, you know, I was, you know, testing out the podcast and I said, let's test out the way we're going to do this. But, um, you know, Brandon was just so good. You know, one, he uh, answered, he was the one that responded in the group chat and was like, yeah, what you need. So as the good books always say, be ye also ready. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell me. Right, right. (laughs) And, uh he was definitely ready, so I definitely appreciate you, little bro. I love you for that, for, for everything, man. Um, let the people know where they can find you. You guys can find me on social media at Media, B-W-I-L-L Media on Twitter and on Instagram, and you can like me on Facebook at Brandon Williams, Media TV. And my website is TV. Dot com. That's where you can see some of my writing, some of my thoughts on the latest and greatest in sports, whether it's college, professional, or even high school, too, because I have covered um, a couple of high school gigs, too. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is Brandon Williams. Brandon, thank you for joining me on here today, man. No problem, bro. Appreciate you. Love you always. And yeah, I'll see you in the group chat. Another episode in the books. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Breaking Through Glass Ceilings with Brian H. Make sure you guys are following Brandon at Be Will Media on all social media platforms. And here's something. This is episode three. And it's just announced in case you didn't catch the social media announcements. This is now available on iHeartRadio. So, some of your main platforms you can catch this show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, of course, 
and now iHeartRadio. And there's also a YouTube link which you can watch or listen, I should say. Um, but coming up, episode four, the one, the only Miss Renee P. Washington. So we'll learn about Renee, who is the host of Beyond the Headlines. She will talk about how she got started, her career, as well as how she was an All-American in soccer and making the transition to journalism. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on another episode. And you know what I have to let you know. Do not let anybody prevent you from breaking through the glass ceiling.